Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. month out pitchers and catchers Mm -hmm. reporting on valentine's day it's the most romantic of things to do on that day i had the same thought yeah it's pretty much it's pretty much right around that every year but it doesn't always nail valentine's day yes very romantic um talking baseball getting back into into the swing of things in baseball you really do think this is it we're fine i think this is the year that we're finally really back to normal like last year still had a teeny sense of like we just had two crazy years i mean the nba is back to normal everybody is like everyone is who was good is like really good they were uh the diamonds that from uh, all the pressure of the last couple of years and now you have amazing stuff and i think this is going to be a fun baseball year i would argue that the nfl is still feels a little off but i think that's because of the switch to 17 games so yes but and yes and the playoff change but i was right exactly because i was trying to think about like why does the nfl feel off a little bit this year but i agree with you mlb we had just had a big hot stove that looked normal right people were signed at a time that makes sense for them to be signed uh well i mean your friend who well uh, minus that piece your friend what talk about there's some spinning your wheels tasks that are out there that you and I have both engaged in but carlos correa getting paid was a ultimate spinning the wheels he went to West Coast, East Coast, ended up back in the center of the country. The thing that makes no sense to me about that is that somehow they've persuaded everyone that he's taking less money, that he took less money at every one of these deals, even though the money per year continued to increase to the point where he is now, this I think, the second highest paid player on a per year basis in baseball this year, which is, let's just say, insane. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I know you keep on thinking about it in the in the per year, but I think a lot of people are talking about in the guaranteed long term contract. I think he is the he is the candidate to have more money for fewer years and say prove it and come back. Because even before you, I like I don't know what I, I've had a physical in Minnesota, and I will <laughs> tell you that no no shit he was able to pass that physical and not a physical in oh I know California or New York, but. Like, even apart from that, like, he's totally the guy that needs to prove it in his contracts because he's not he's he's not that amazing. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But then why did the amount go up? Right. Like, you shouldn't pay him more than they were willing to pay him on a per year basis before. I just. No, no, no. Well, it's. (sighs) He's getting paid less than Trey Turner. This is insane. The twins should have gone for Trey Turner if they wanted like a shortstop for foreseeable future also annoying the twins don't obviously have a plan to win in the next five years so no what is this deal what is this deal <laughs> this is the i don't know no this is the cornerstone deal that it's the uh we get sorry we get kevin garnett so we can also get or we get ray allen so we can get kevin garnett is sort of the yeah. idea of like well we have carlos correa guys like you can't we don't just have 
bunch of scrubs. The issue, as always, is not the hitting. The issue is the pitching. And we will talk through... Yeah, we will talk through more about the lineup stuff. One thing that was really interesting that we'll talk about in a second was that it was obvious for some teams which lineups. Like it was hard to it was hard to find a team of ten guys or nine guys for a lineup in some teams. Mm, for some, yeah. Ugh. Minnesota was not that easy, even with Carlos Correa in there. So I <laughs> just anyway. Um, the only other deal that I saw that was interesting was Trey Mancini. Did you see this deal, Trey Mancini to the Cubs? I the first that I knew of it was you put it into the lineup order, right? Yes. And it's like, wait, excuse me? I know. <laughs> wait, am I looking at the wrong place? Yeah. I know. Wow. It's it's going to be a good one. So I think I think that actually makes a weird amount of sense for the Cubs. It does, yeah. It actually makes a weird amount of sense. I actually am going to like Trey Mancini. I can feel that I'm going to like Trey Mancini more from a projection standpoint now that I've slotted him into a Cubs team that was kind of clear that had a Trey Mancini shaped hole that I didn't know about until he filled it. <laughs> I didn't realize the shape. I just looked at the the outside of the cookie cutter and then I put the cookie in in there and where I fit. That's it? Yeah. honestly that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, it's, you're not wrong. Well, I so pitching, you, you know who's uh, linked with your team. We might be talking about him later. Pablo Lopez. Oh, I know. As a target, <sighs> I forgot we we're talking about him later. Um. Yeah, ridiculous. Whatever. All right. Well, that's enough. 28 days, actually. You're right. You put in a, a great countdown website here. 28 days, four weeks from now, we will be switching to a new season. We will be trying to inspect any sort of spring training information, which is going to be feel like back to normal. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, today, let's talk about forecasting plate appearances through games played and lineup order. So we talked last week about how we were going to try and improve this. We got some strategies. Why don't you tell us what we, where we kind of left off? Well, so the general gist of this is that we want to get pretty accurate. Um, we want to forecast games and lineup order so we can get a good sense of what the plate appearances are. Uh, you've given me the equation. Oh, I forgot to actually paste it in here. What's the equation to get um, plate appearances is roughly 760 minus 18 times the lineup spot. So, and and, and as we've, you've showed pretty well, if you have that, if you have the lineup spot and you know the number of games played, pretty much that's, that's where you're going to get to, right? Yeah. To be clear, that relationship is true for 162 games. So you have to play. You have to play 162 games to be on that relationship. But that relationship is like pretty solid, <laughs> right? So, but but yeah, we can um, weight that by the number of games that we assume we're going to play. Right, exactly. Right. So that so, so that was just the missing piece. That was just the connection. So it's right. games played, lineup position. That's how we can turn that into a PA. Perfect. And so we said, okay, well let's let's do this. Let's take a look. You gave me <laughs> three year averages and. And then said, okay, well, what if we manually tweak this, what is that going to look like? And, wow, you know, I've done a lot of manual tweaking of deliverables <laughs> in the past, and it is a pain. <laughs> yep. Do you have do you have a lot of this in, um, in astronomy? No, actually. Um, it tends to be very algorithmic. And when it stops being algorithmic, usually you kind of stop, stop the problem. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the difference, the, the cross-section of our – the cross section of our careers where they're where they're very different. You're in academia and in the sky. Yeah, I am in. Uh, <laughs> I I'm actually 
in industry yep. and um, in maps on the earth. And, and quite frankly, a lot of data that you have that a lot of people are like, oh, that's really good data. You can get that from Google. You can get that from wherever isn't that great. So you need to, you need to get it actually tweaked and finished up. And the other thing that's different is, yeah, I'm not working towards a paper. Yeah. I'm working towards someone asked me a question and I need to get them an answer. Yep, exactly. Like, no, this, this deliverable, I need to move the location of every Arby's in the state <laughs> to make it accurate. I can't, I can't be inaccurate here. It needs to be there. And then we run the analysis. In, in my field, you would say, well, I've got each Arby's within plus or minus 10 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That ends up being, that and we're done. Yeah. yeah. I've quantified that and I'm running that through the next algorithm. Yeah, exactly. And I will put that into my mean, uh, MSE, you know, yeah, that's it, right. Whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's fine. Right. Yeah. When someone else is like, no, I need to know where they are. Right. So we're in the, we need to know where they are. We need to, we need to know how many games are going to be played by Dre Mancini. That's right. Here. We're being pretty traditional here in the sense that I handed off the, the full algorithmic part to you. I said, well, yeah. this, this is as far as I can go. I've got, took an algorithm as far as I can. The, to be fair, I did dip my toe a little bit into the manual tweaking this week and it was horrifying. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it, and, and we sort of coordinated the, on this async oh. so uh -huh. and we coordinated on this async so there might be make sure that we're on the on the same assumption i think what we're doing is we're going to take a step back here and look at the lineup order for each team make the assumptions on what the lineup order for each team looks like and then feed that through our our algorithm and then from there we're going to probably tweak those games played and then after that we'll We'll try to tweak everybody else. No, that's exactly how it goes. I was looking for something that we could build from first principles that would be yes, yes. that would be relatively unbiased. And the thing that I settled on that was first principles was, okay, what if I just look at all the guys on every team and say, this seems like a plausible batting order for them, or this seems mm -hmm. like maybe where they might end up on average. Then that gives then that doesn't mean that I'm not looking at I'm not biasing myself by looking at the three-year average numbers and saying gut feeling low or high you know i'm coming mm -hmm, at it mm -hmm. from this other angle where i say oh okay there's this and we need to think of a way to do the same thing with games played on in some way but i i that that's actually where i fell down and where i'm not sure where we go next no i think that's i think that's probably right i think we do have to just say at the end of the day i i think three-year average on the games played let's wait the 2022 mm -hmm. and then and then we're just gonna have to say is um you know is aaron judge gonna get 150 games or is he gonna get 115 yeah like he's more more likely to and we're gonna have to make those assumptions throughout um i think that this is yeah i think that this is right because it really helps in in looking at like because i was looking at Air, nolan arenado and paul goldschmidt yeah. and the um the batting orders that you that you gave and we have to like kind of think back like what does that mean and i think that it will be helpful yeah so let, yeah. so let's talk about what we actually then this next ingredient which is actually looking through teams i mean this was the manual part honestly i thought this was going to take forever maybe it took me an hour to put this whole thing together it wasn't that bad yeah. to look at the depth chart and say oh yeah this feels like first and last were really easy last is like 
I'm just going to slap the catcher in at nine. I know that they're going to get the lowest number of plate appearances on average in this. <laughs> yeah, though, I, I do think that Rail Muto, we should. Rail Muto is, there are exceptions to the rule, and those yeah. guys are interesting. So the, the one exception that I really hit was Sal Perez, because it was like, who else on this team is going to hit in any sort, <laughs> in any sort of a cleanup spot? <laughs> like, Yeah, I just put Sal Perez in a cleanup. They're just going to ride him into the ground. Exactly. Well, it was like, what, what do you do with this Royals team? I mean... Okay, so I thought, and just to be clear, five, six, seven, no, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't actually think we have information, good information in that section. So the guys that are thrown in six through nine, you could convince me that they're all seven and a half on average. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there are very few where that where there's really a clear number, a number six hitter that we have to think about look at you putting kyle tucker at number six in the astros uniform okay well tell me about this tell me about this astros lineup i mean here's here's who i've got so far and i see that you have a criticism which is fair jose altuve jeremy pena michael brantley alex bregman jose abreu kyle tucker jordan alvarez Chaz mccormick martin maldonado you highlighted michael brantley what's wrong with this you think you know what we're we'll split this in the bet box michael brantley will not play 150 games Right, yeah, I'm gonna take that bet. <laughs> okay, so, so I guess I I think that we don't put him in the lineup because he's only gonna play 90 games. He might play 90 games at third at third in the lineup order. I think a lot of those games he doesn't even finish. So I think we just slide everybody up here. Okay, by one, I'm fine with that. I had I had some very inter- I had some very interesting times on the depth charts learning about like. What's that guy doing on this team? Uh, I did not know that. So I, I just, I also think you unlocked something interesting there, which was the idea of like sliding everybody up. I'm not necessarily married to these being real lineup lists. As soon as I started actually doing this exercise, I was thinking about this like, actually, what I'm kind of thinking about is yes, lineup position, but also sort of relative order that I think guys are going to get plate appearances in uh-huh. more uh-huh. than like a strict lineup. So your idea of like, okay. Axe Michael Brantley shift everybody up. I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, this is kind of like, I think the relative order. Jose Altuve has to get the most plate appearances on that team. Not to pick on the Astros, but this is a reasonable example. Like, he's going to get the most plate appearances on that team. And then I think Jeremy, Jeremy Pena might pass him. Maybe. But yeah, I but think yeah. that based on, based on where we sit right now, I think that is the, the right assumption to make. Yeah, and we're kind of stuck making that right now. I think I'm thinking about... There are a couple other teams where I was thinking about something similar, like the Cardinals, who you highlighted here, because this is an interesting. Yeah, I think that this is a really interesting one. I would say that Tommy Edmond, Arenado slash Goldschmidt for the next two positions, and then it's yeah, Brandon Donovan, Lars Newbar, insert Juan Yepes. Might this might be the year that he ends up being the maybe cleanup Peter. I don't know who. Who it's going to be? But I would, I would put the two of them up. And based on last year, it looks like they had um, Goldschmidt over over Arenado. Goldschmidt over, ahead of Arenado usually in the batting order. So I tried to do this without any bias in the sense that I haven't even filtered this through real lineups last year, which is sort of the next, which was sort of the next logical step that I should have done. Um, I was just, I was basing on your your average. No, I think you, no no no. Said. That's that's exactly how we should do it. And that gives us a that gives us an algorithmic check on this manual idea that I put in. But so, do we want to make these adjustments here right now? Yeah, I think so. Because I think because okay. I think we should really use this as a real check. 
because my thought was the next thing to do is to take take the projected PAs from here and compare it to what they actually accumulated. Absolutely. And when they agree, yeah, exactly. when they agree, we just leave it. And when they disagree, that's when we go in and, and look specifically at guys. When they agree with the forecast that we have. Yes. Mm-hmm. We just leave it. And if they disagree, then we try to figure out why they disagree and which number we like. Yeah, because I'm thinking of this like as what I sort of would like to have when I'm manually doing these. I would love to have here is our here's what the algorithm that your first algorithm that you did based on three averages says. Yeah. For plate appearances. Yeah. Here's what manually tweaking the lineup order says. Yeah. Here's what um, here's what fantasy pros aggregate says. Yeah. And then and then here here's what what if we adjust our potential games played. Yeah. Says. And then just see like, okay, which one it, and then you have to pick one of those instead of being like, I'm gonna say one thirty four. I don't know why one thirty four isn't maybe one thirty three, one thirty five. I just decided one thirty four. No. So then instead it's like, I'm gonna pick the minimum, I'm gonna pick the maximum, I'm gonna pick this value. But here I have a value that is a real value yeah. instead of like one that, that I came up with in my head. Yeah. No, I I think I think exactly And at the end of that we can say like Mike picked 35% of the time he picked <laughs> his initial algorithm. Yeah. And 40% of the time Eric actually went with fantasy pros aggregate and we can say like or maybe those are switched, you know. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I think I think that's exactly exactly how we should should operate for these. The question is so what do we do for games played? You think that we just do we are we trying to do this by hand or like, are we trying to go in blind, like guess the number of games played or are we looking at the three year average and deciding looking at the slope of the past three years? So the average, yes, but also what direction it's going and then decide if we agree with that or no, I think that we take the three year average Mm -hmm. and then um, we just have, we we have to go through and take a look and take a quick look and at each one. But let's start with all the guys that are in this lineup order analysis oh i agree no before we go i think else. that's so honestly that's why i did this first is because okay this is the universe of guys that i actually care about <laughs> realistically and honestly on some on here there are a bunch of guys that i don't care about like well right when you get down to and you've eight, got a couple of guys in here that are interesting where it's like um yeah the yankees have isaiah Connor for leffa and aaron hicks who you did not put i know the, uh, i'm so, this is it's yeah exactly but they're guys that like Oh, they have those guys. They should count. I put in Mickey Moniak because, you know, we know Mike Trout's not going to play more than 120 games. So <laughs> somebody's going to get those plate appearances for the Angels. Oh, my boy. That Angels lineup is really interesting. You don't like Hunter Renfro as leadoff. He's not going to be Who leadoff. leads off on that team? Look at that team and tell me who leads off. <laughs> they don't have a leadoff hitter. I mean, yeah, Luis Fajifo? Well like, I mean, who leads off? Ugh. David Fletcher, if he's in the lineup, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Well, it is David Fletcher if he's in the lineup, but he's not. He's not. Reg- I don't think he's going to regularly be in the lineup. Well, last year he got hurt and it yeah. was dealing with an injury. The year before, I think, was more the player that he wants to be or the player that they think he's going to be. But I think, I, I mean, I, I take your criticism that Hunter Renfro is a crazy leadoff hitter. But I looked at their depth chart and it was like, <laughs> of the guys that they want in the field, <laughs> none of these guys should bat first. But what is the what? Do, what do you think? You're saying it's like okay, two hundred. He, he's gonna one out of every ten times he's gonna hit a leadoff home run. Yeah, and then six out of ten times he's gonna strike out. I mean, two times he's gonna walk, 
And the other one is going to be a base hit. It's just like I don't – I don't know. I mean, I, I considered like maybe Anthony Rendon has to lead off for this team. Like, like I, I don't know. <laughs> Great question. Okay. Well, I think let's make let's make make some adjustments. Uh, so I think you, will you let me just take take some make some yeah, adjustments because, here? Yeah, because because that's to... this is the wis- effectively the wisdom of the people now, right? I took a first pass. I think you should just add it. You know, for all of me now commenting on um, on Rev- I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to make any changes. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like I don't know. I, I feel like a politician. I feel like a politician that way. It's like I'm just going to say that you did something wrong. I'm not going to actually like do something to fix it well, like i mean a bunch of these some teams again like i said were easier than others to figure out who goes where i mean you you're also picking on my mariners pick yeah i mean i accept that but i don't know what happens that lineup is really hard to predict yeah i mean ultimately part of what i'll do is okay i i just moved trevor's story because that's he's hurt and he's not gonna he's gonna have tommy john the son of a bitch we had two going into last year. Well, after story signed, the Red Sox had two all-star shortstops, two top ten shortstops. Yeah. And they have none. Yep. But at least you know before the season started. Uh, another surprisingly, I mean, not surprising, Nationals. Pff, why did I even make predictions for that lineup? Yeah, there's no point. <laughs> I, like, I tried. I just put guys in an order. It was like, wow, I have no idea what happens here. Um Padres lineup is problematic without Tatis, it turns out. Not easy to build a good, like, a sensical lineup out of that team. Yeah, really weird. The only one that, I, I mean, totally on Manny Machado is going to bat third. I outside of that, I, I don't know. Yeah, without, without honestly, it's, it's weird. Like, for all the talk about how bulked up that team is, without Tatis, it was really hard to make a normal-seeming lineup. My guess would be Bogarts' cleanup. And Soto is second. Okay, because you want to get as many Soto at bats. Because I think I think it has to be Grissom. He's the most when he plays. He's the most leadoff. So I currently have Grissom, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, Carpenter, Kim, Cronenworth. You know, whatever. Um, but I I think Cron- they're going to try to keep on getting Cronenworth first though, because so, he he bats first because he's he's such a fill in the fill in the blank wherever. But I'd be really curious to hear anyone else's thoughts on what the Padres do. I mean, sure, I'm fine with with flipping Cronenworth around there. Trent Grissom, sure. Then you basically have to drop him to nine because you don't want him hitting five, mm-hmm. six, seven, <laughs> uh, which uh-huh. is fine. Um, but I think there is there is there are a couple guys that I slotted in at leadoff. So I was like, well, these guys could also potentially hit ninth, and that's actually the biggest hit. Like, if you mispredict someone between four and five, it's like, okay, this isn't a huge deal. But if you mispredict right. someone between one and nine, that's a massive deal for their value. Well, that's why the Colton Wong, Dylan, I, I would think that they would want to have Dylan Moore first. It, ultimately, what they would want yeah. is Dylan Moore goes first, Julio Rodriguez goes yeah. second. I agree. But Dylan Moore leaves you wanting more yeah. a lot. So I, I think that, yeah, it, maybe he is down at eight. And, the, and and it's sort of similar on your Stanton at five is like, no, they, he's not going to bat. He's not going to bat fifth most of the time, but he's going to bat fourth. He's going to get hurt. He's going to go on. He's going to leave. He's going to come back. They're going to bat him eighth and then bat him six. And then they're going to finally get him back to fourth. So, right. He is going to have the Yankees fifth. are one of the ones where I was thinking more in. Who gets more plate appearances orders than a real robust mm-hmm. order? Because I think Judge probably should be second. So I currently have LeMahieu, 
Taurus, I don't know, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, then Bader, Peraza, Cabrera, Javino. Fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I you just... Yeah, just trailed well, off what, there. what do you do? I mean, who who cares about Harrison Bader, Oswaldo Peraza, and Oswald Peraza, and Oswaldo Cabrera? But you want to, ha- yeah, you want to have Aaron Judge get as many at bats as possible. You probably want it to be Lemayhew then Judge. Those, I think those so. Are the, but Torres, in, in thinking your your direction here in plate appearances, I think that that's right. I don't know what you do with Torres then. He might play more games. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. No. So okay. So I'll be curious to see. We'll keep on. Let's keep on. I'll 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 do some manual edits here. Okay. I think this is good. This is a really great start. I have an and, idea um, now for what to do for games played. I'm going to try and make a one step further product algorithmically, and then I'll take for next week. I'll take a first stab at games played, and we can talk about that. Okay, perfect. I think that brings us to the review session. Pablo Lopez, future Minnesota Twin. I'm worried because the Twins organization is actually not that leaky in terms of conversation so i feel like if they're actually saying that they're going for it that they unfortunately really are going for it but i mean if it's it's, it's so twins and they're they're connected to players that are like i'm never gonna sign in minnesota here we go pablo lopez 2022 this does read like a twins line like a twins line though uh this is perfect it's perfect 10 and 10 for wins losses yep. in 32 32 games started great 3.75 era 1.17 whip he pitched 180 innings, so you know not going that deep in the games, and 174 strikeouts. Uh, yeah, I mean, sadly, this is a this that whole line screams Twins. <laughs> he everything about it. Yeah, 500 pitcher can't get to a, a, a K per inning, and his ERA is just barely under four. Yeah, there. <sighs> what number do you think he's gonna take? uh that's a great question actually um he's only 26 and like he was brought into the league very young because the marlins had nobody else more or less i mean he's he's been regular he regularly pitched in 2019 right for the most part Mm -hmm. um and then the pandemic year he did he was he pitched the maximum that he probably could really pitch as a starting pitcher yeah i think his What's interesting to me about him is that the numbers that he put up last year are very similar to his career numbers. So I actually feel like we know exactly who this guy is. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is very far off of who he's going to be. And I think we might have fooled ourselves a little bit after last mm-hmm. year, after the last two years mm-hmm. of saying like, okay, this is going to ramp up into a really good player. Because the trend line, his ERA, 3.6 to 3.07, mm-hmm. love it. His K per nine, his trend line was going the right direction, and he sort of fell back into what is now his career. After. Of course, do we should state that he he forty percent of his innings pitched was last year, so yeah, it's going to be right. I mean, pretty close to his but is, career. But average. is that good or bad? The fact that the previous year, a full season, twenty twenty one, he only played twenty games. He only started twenty games, and that's the season that he had his highest. K per nine, K per right? Nine. He's actually 115 yeah. and 102. And I'm looking just at his game log and just breaking him breaking down by the months. He's clearly fading over the season. He's clearly slowing down. So yeah, he's still so he, but he's 26. So I mean, to be to be fair, that there is some room for improvement. But I don't think it's going to be massive, right? So if I were to make the upside case, it would be he's still 26. He's still getting stretched out. His K per nine is never going to hit 10. Let's be real. Like he's not. 
he's not going to be a, an actual K10, K per nine kind of guy. No. So we shouldn't. No, it seems very. Doubtful. We shouldn't raise our expectations any further. Um, but I think his ERA. I, I think his ERA could be. <laughs> okay. Well, do you think his xERA was higher or lower than his ERA? Oh, higher. I assume. Wrong. Lower. Wrong. It's exactly the same. That is. <laughs> We don't see that. You don't see that very often. Uh, and, well, I mean, let's look at his FIP then. What do you think is higher or lower? Is it the same also? It is 3.71. So. Oh, of course. Oh, sorry. Um, 3.56 X FIP. So. This is so funny. Like, after after weeks yeah. of guys where we had to, like, really try to figure out what their value was and where their value was going to go and making a big deal out of, like, you got to figure out if this guy's going to be good or not to pick him. You know, in this middle thing, Pablo Lopez is going to go in that same range, but you know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, and it's really going to matter if he does change teams. It's going to matter if he's on a good team or a bad team for how many wins he's going to get. Because like this is the kind of guy that on the Yankees is going to get 15 wins, and his value is going to go up. You're going to be like, wow, I wish that I had and I just grabbed Pablo Lopez because he would have given me 150 percent of the wins that a regular guy would agreed so i think at this point i think that we have to reserve our ranking proper ranking of pablo lopez until we know what team he's going to be on obviously i think we can i think we can still forecast what his non-wins totals are going to be like there's no way that he is significantly different than his era and whip i don't think i don't see any reason to suspect that we could be pretty concrete on on what it's going to be era whip and case not a hard throwing pitcher not a hard throwing pitcher his fastball is topping out 94 ish uh he's got he's got a little bit of a mixture throws a change up throws a cutter throws a curve um that has that is his big contrast pitch it's surprising to me that his fastball and change up six miles an hour difference and they're his workhorse pitches by far yeah he just kind of gets gets up there and pitches this is not a great pitch profile for minnesota like, I don't know. I don't know. He needs to be. He needs to be in a pitcher's ballpark. <laughs> oh, you mean like Miami? Oh, you, you know. Yeah, this is a. This is kind of actually. I said the Yankees, but if he were on um, San Francisco, yeah, that would be a good place for him to pitch, wouldn't it be? That that could be a fun one. I think so. I guess I'm gonna say that Pablo Lopez is who we think he is. I don't see any reason to buy low i don't see any reason to sell high i think this is probably pretty proper value for him he's pitcher 41 so he's uh, going as at, of as of right now so he's going at number 85 ish in the drafts or 141 whoa wait pitcher 41 and he's going at 141 mm-hmm. yeah because it it really diverges between yeah, I guess in so. the, like in that 80 to 120 range mostly hitters yeah or i mean i think that there's yeah okay disparate percentage all right my calibration was not totally on there fair enough so that means that you're picking him against you could get kenley jansen joe ryan freddie peralta nico horner jorge polanco pablo lopez ty france anthony rizzo lucas giolito Chris it's funny. Sale. It's funny because there are a lot of guys on that list that I'm like, ooh, I would rather have. But then again, if you tell me that he's that Pablo Lopez is going to get 15 wins, I'd be like, ah, actually, I should have picked Pablo Lopez <laughs> for yeah. the for the thing that I know I was going to get. ERA won't hurt you. Whip yeah. won't hurt you. Yeah, he's going to get you 15 wins. I 180 Ks. 
I mean, you, you're probably saying like, yeah, I actually probably should grab. I probably should have grabbed the note. The like, I know pretty well what Pablo Lopez is going to be versus like Nico Horner. Yeah, right. Exactly. Is he going to get playing time? I think. Yeah, looking at this. Okay, so I guess the thing, the recommendation is when you're at the draft and it's roughly Pablo Lopez time, you have to look at the rest of your team and decide: mm-hmm. Do I need that solid is thing? Yeah. Is this or is the solid thing going to help me? Because if you're not trying to, if you're not trying to like make up for earlier rounds in the draft, then I think picking Pablo Lopez makes a lot of sense. If you know, if you're thinking, well, I didn't do very well in the first few rounds, I really need to pick someone who has a high ceiling. Pablo then Lopez is not your guy. Probably not, not the highest. Yeah. Okay, who are we doing next week? We're going to talk about Zach Gallen. Talking about high ceilings <laughs> and low floors. Um, time for a little housekeeping. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah.